Welcome to the Impact Nations podcast. This is episode 518, and this week we're joined by first-time guest Father Kenneth Tanner. Uh, Kenneth is a writer and theologian and pastor of Church of the Holy Redeemer in Rochester Hills, Michigan. Uh, now, we recorded this uh, at a time that there was a little bit of network difficulty at the beginning of the interview, and so that's affecting the audio that we're getting from Father Kenneth. Uh, but stick with it. It does improve as we go, uh, and it's worth it. There's some just absolutely phenomenal stuff here. So, uh, without further ado, here is Father Kenneth. Good to, uh, good to be with you all. It's great to have you. And I should tell our listeners that we, uh, you, your schedule was so tight, we didn't even get a chance to, to do any audio testing or anything. So uh, I think we can hear you okay. Uh, and hopefully yeah, you can uh, hear us and see us. I, yes. Yeah, everything seems fine. Great. Uh, you've been in classes today. Are you teaching classes or are you taking classes right now? Actually, I mean, we never stop being students, right? So um, I'm in a graduate class um, studying uh, Gregor Nyssa, who's uh, a pastor ah. of the later 300 first Christians, um, with uh, John Baer, um, who's probably in English the, the leading, really, authority on uh, the Christians, of, you know, teaching pastors of the first you know, 400 years. So I'm in a 30-hour course this week with him, and uh, we're doing wow. six hours a day um, with an hour lunch break, so 10.30 to 5.30 um, each day of this week, and um, so it's uh, pretty intense. Wow. Uh we are having a slight technical problem, which is my fault, Isaiah. I forgot to plug in the HDMI into the computer here. So in a moment, we'll be able to see Father Kenneth Tanner, but uh, for now, we will listen. <laughs> I'm also joined by Dad. You can call him Steve. I call him Dad. Um, and I love what you just said about uh, we never stop being students. Um, and that's, I guess, that's one of the points of the Impact Nations podcast here is to uh, just continue uh, in our roles as students of the word, students of the scriptures. Um, Kenneth, we, I mean, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I, I, you know, I mean, um, we, you know, teach the scriptures and, uh, it's, you know, on Sunday mornings in the three year cycle in our tradition. And so I've now in this, with the congregation that I, the pastor of now in the beginning six times, that I've preached through the three years. And um, you see something or something new um, every time. And I think uh, we had much longer lives. This would still be the case. Um, for yeah. you in the kingdom. <laughs> um, but, um, I'm, 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 you know, I'm just sitting back with Gregory today. Uh, with listening to Father John and realizing, uh, you know, we've lost so much in terms of what, hmm. you know, the Holy Spirit had revealed to these earlier readers of these same texts. Um, and the, the quality of the sermons that they were preaching. Um, and uh, so much connection between all of the scriptures. You know, they, they really understood the scriptures together in any preaching Galatians while you're also looking at all the rest of the Old Testament in relationship to the text you're preaching. So how do we get that back? You talk about we've lost so much over the years. 
what can we do to to gain back some of what's been lost? We don't know Christ apart from, I mean, just in our own personal lives. I don't know Christ apart from the faith of my, my grandmother, you know, um, and, and of the, you know, folks who I grew up in the church with, um, Sunday school teachers, um, teachers, uh, lay people who would take time. Um, and so, uh, you know, it, this isn't, you know, it's not just us and our Bibles, you know, it's, uh, it's a community. Um, and sometimes that community is more limited, limited than other communities and how much of the conversation it's listening to. You know, um, we grew up in churches that are only listening to the conversation that's happened within their own church or the conversation that's happened since their church started. Um, but there's a conversation, there's a conversation through these texts that's been going on, you know, for thousands of years. And, uh, so we have to join in that conversation and recognize in humility that, uh, you know, not just us sitting in front of the text. There's a, there's a community of interpreters. It starts with, like I said, the various ones we grew up with and around. Uh, but also in wisdom, we began to encounter how to read these texts, for instance. You know, uh, I didn't really understand my flesh and drink my blood. You don't eat my flesh and drink my blood. You had a part of me until I started reading scriptures with uh, Joseph Jesuit, you know. And it started showing me things about that text that, you know, I hadn't seen growing up as a dummy gospel. So, um, it's humil- I mean, humility. And to start listening to the whole church. When it and, comes to the yeah. text. Yeah. And we're in a position now in the 21st century where we, the whole church is global. We actually have opportunities now that nobody ever has in history to, uh, to learn from a, a global community, uh, which is Absolutely. really exciting, but we've got to take the initiative and seek out some of those, some of those opportunities. We're having a trouble with, right we're having a bit of trouble with your audio being choppy. I'm not sure if it's the headset or, um, what it's, it's cutting mm-hmm. out a little bit. Um, sure that we've got, Right. That's correct. Um, I wonder if um, I wonder if I see my headphones would that be, be, be I'd I'd be willing to give that a try. See if that makes a difference. Yeah. Is that better? Uh talk for me. Is that better? Uh, that yeah, one was, just for a second yeah. there. We'll see how we do. Um, you know, uh, Father Kenneth, one of the things that, um, and our mutual friend Brad Jerzak, who, by the way, two hours ago said I was to be sure to say hello to you, um, is Brad's really opened this up for us. He's a real friend of Impact Nations. Uh, this, this broader view, because um, those who have, uh, grown up as evangelicals, don't even realize that the river of God is so much wider, and in fact started before the Reformation. Who knew? 
Um, <laughs> and uh, so I'm delighted to hear you speak this way because it's really one of the reasons why we're doing this Matthew uh, series is to broaden people's perspective. Yeah, it, you know, I mean, um, evangelicals aren't at a disadvantage in, in, in this in, in several ways. One is same Holy Spirit, um, you know, and also, um, you know, look, most Catholic and Orthodox lay Christians are, are as unfamiliar, Anglicans are as unfamiliar with this community of readers as, as evangelicals. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we have the same Holy Spirit to help guide us, um, but also, uh, you know, everyone seems to be in this boat, and and I think it's just time for the whole church to start paying attention uh, to this. Um, it's, I think, one way that God can bring us uh, together, yeah. um, not only around the table, but around uh, adoration of Him in these texts. You know, understanding who He is and personal encounter with Him in in these. Uh, in these texts. Yeah. Hmm. One of the great places to start on learning who he is from the text is the Beatitudes. Uh, we've heard it referred to at times as like the, the biography of Jesus. Um, one of the things that we've been studying the Sermon on the Mount, we, we came to grips with is that oftentimes the, the sermon and perhaps especially the Beatitudes because of the way they're formatted can come across as the handing down of a new law. And yet um, we've really been challenged to actually see it more as an invitation into life with Christ, an invitation into uh, the kingdom life. And yet, when we read it, it's very easy to uh, fall into that trap of, you know, I, blessed are the meek. Okay, I just got to try harder to be meek. I got to try harder to be merciful. How do we shift from trying harder to be Christ-like and just enter into a, a Christ-likeness, if you will, in, enter into that which he's inviting us into? Yeah, well, first of all, I mean, who who is this? Who, I mean, these Beatitudes refer to a particular human being. I mean, who is this? Who is the agent who is, you know, um, uh, you know, tur- turning the other cheek? You know, who is the who is the peacemaker? You know, who is the who is the uh, merciful? Who is the poor in spirit? Well, Jesus. Hmm. I mean, you know. So first of all, um, he's the one who is all of these things, um, and uh, so. We, we recognize that uh, by participation in what he already is and what we become is um, death and resurrection. Um, you know, it's it's a yielding to the humanity that he already has shown us in the um, and displayed for us. You know, in the gospel, he is the one blessed. Um, and, and we are blessed by the Spirit of God to participate in this kind of life. Um, and it really is possible um, by the Spirit um, to learn, uh, to uh, just by experience in the world, following Jesus, um, to, to become, you know,
Now, like God, who is the one who does not react to being struck on the cheek, um, you know, who who is able um, to uh, respond by, am I gonna, am I going to hit in return, or am I going to enter into suffer with, and you know, understand maybe, you know, uh, through patience. Um, why I, I was why this person in fact struck me in the first place? Um, you know, am, am I going to be, uh, you know, call on the spirit and to be Christ-like in the situation? Hmm. Um, this is something we do in our own power. It's something that um, we've been, in, you know, grafted grafted into. And. With the help of the Holy Spirit, of course. I, I think one of the dangers is to try on our own rather than, as uh, as Paul says, be being filled with the Holy Spirit. If we're living a lifestyle that is continuously being filled, then it does become a law. When it depends on when it depends on us, yeah, uh, you know, then we are back in bondage to something you know that uh, we are incapable. Of you know, apart from participation in the new humanity that, that Christ offers us, um, but we really, we really can, you know. I think on one side you have the era of well, this is impossible, so we have to negotiate in the real world how we're actually going to, you know, uh, be both, you know, in the world and not of it, you know, mm-hmm. and so forth, and. You know, uh, you, you've been talking about this, and so um, on. You know, or on the other side, that this is something that you know we do in our own strength or power, and that God's not with us in this. You know, uh, recognition that we are the agents of all of this. Hmm. We're not. And Christ is the Christ is the actor. God is the agent of all of this and we're just participating in in his life by grace Hmm. have you have you heard that have you seen people approach specifically the sermon on the mount or or perhaps the beatitudes more as law rather than invitation more like uh falling into that trap of of just okay, we all got to just try harder to act like this. Is that a is that a common uh, misconception on this passage? Well, I think it's a common misconception, um, or, or it's a common um, way that the scriptures are taught. Um, you know, the typical way that we preach, mm-hmm. which is you know, what am I doing? You know. And especially, you know, sermons that end with, well, what am I doing? You know, and what we end up doing is uh, over 52 weeks or over, you know, um, three years or over 10 years. I, I, I meet these Christians all the time. A little, you know, five pound weight's been put on the shoulder each week. And it's just over and over and over and over again what they're supposed to do rather than what has god done hmm. what 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 is god doing in this text yeah and how can i get involved in what he is doing 
you know, rather than it being on me. And so, you know, I, I've had young people come and sit young couples, sometimes in their 20s, sometimes in their 30s, they've got three, four little children. They've been told that they're not doing enough for God, you know, over and over and over again, all these things are supposed to do. And they get around what, you know, the opening of the scriptures where we're talking about what God has done. And they're crying two, three months into sitting in the pew, listening to this because they're, because all of a sudden, all this stuff is off their shoulder, and they realize I'm not, I'm being invited into something God's already up to. And it's not, a, it's not about me. It's about God. It's not about what I do. It's about what He's done. Yeah. And um, first and foremost, and then yes, I mean we get to cooperate. We get to participate. You know, in His work, but it's His work. So is that how you, when you're preaching, how do you frame, like you talked about kind of, or imply that a, a sermon typically would wrap up with practical application of how do we apply this passage to our lives, uh, which can very often come out as a, well, you need to do this. How do you, when you're preaching the scriptures, bring that practical application uh, each week? Without putting a five-pound Yeah, without weight. putting a five-pound weight on somebody's shoulders, yeah. Yeah, well, I, um, I think, um, well, first of all, if I give a practical application for a text, right, and it maybe is one that occurs to me or one that, you know, I think, well, maybe the Holy Spirit's speaking to me to do, I've universalized what what, uh, you know, what God might be saying to the congregation. So, you know, the application that occurs to me may not be what God is trying to speak to, you know, the 65-year-old woman um, or the 15-year-old young man. Um, it, may be, it may be very different things that the activity of God begins because we're so focused on what has God done here in this step. What 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 is the activity of God in this? We are inspired by the activity of God in various ways uh, because each of us are hearing it differently. This is just wisdom. Uh, you know, Gregory the Great talks about this. Every hearer hears the text differently, and so we allow room for the Holy Spirit to inspire the hearer in whatever ways they're supposed to hear the activity of God and enter into His activity. Um, rather than, you know, and, and this is especially onerous, in my view, when um, it's like some collective activity that the church is trying to accomplish for its own, you know, glory, or, you know, it's, it's going to do this or that or the other thing, and then everyone's supposed to, you know, do it, and that's the whole aim of the sermon, is to, you know, yeah. uh, you know gather, you know, everybody into one particular activity. Yeah, conscription. Um, yeah. <laughs> give to this thing or we're going to build this building or, you know, and, and so forth and so on. I don't mean to step on toes, but, you know, um, it's, uh, you know, we have to be careful with the Word of God in this way and, um, and, and sensitive to the souls that we're preaching to, you know, um, that we don't, again, lay down a law. Um, and, and rather, these things are encountered as freedom that pushes us by the activity of God into joining what God's doing in Mexico or Guatemala or Zimbabwe or, or in Kansas or in Maine or wherever God is, is calling us. We get swept up 
by the Holy Spirit into his activities um, and find ourselves being used by God um, in these ways. Um, it's a subtle distinction, but I think it's in, it's important. Yeah, I think it's a very important distinction. Yeah, you were going to I was just going to say, uh, let me make a statement and let you respond. I, I feel like, uh, at least in the Western Church, to a large degree, uh, recognizing that I'm speaking in general and not particulars, that there's been a focus on what can the gospel do for me, what Jesus can do for me. Um, I see it in the worship, contemporary worship, and I love worship, but but very often it can be all about, Jesus, this is what you do for me, and our preaching is, as you said, finishes with, so what can you do about this? I feel like if we just have a much more Christ-centered teaching and preaching. This is who he is. This is what he's doing. Uh, whether that's in our worship and in our preaching, uh, I think it would give us a better foundation. What do you think of that? I, I totally agree. Um, this is the other thing I was going to say about application. The activity of God is the application. I mean, the, <laughs> the j- j- paying attention to what Jesus is doing, right, in any given circumstance, or, you know, or Paul, you know, um, uh, or any, whoever, David, um, what, what these people are doing as, as Christ in a given situation, right? Paul mm-hmm. says, you know, I am Christ to you, right? So as, and, and then we, we interpret passages uh, like um, you know passages about Solomon, for instance, last week in in the liturgy, where you know um, uh, God is talking to Samuel about David and building the temple, and then he's talking about you know he's gonna well I'm gonna build a house for you, and then he says, and Solomon is going to you know um, there'll be a son, you're gonna be given a son. It's very clear in the text that Solomon. Is, you know, not just Solomon, but Christ, right? And so, what what is God up to in Christ or in His saints that we become caught up in, you know, and uh, inspired to be so so that the sermon is a place where we're inspired by the activity of God, and that has its own application in our life. You know, it starts to work. Um, and like I said, you know, Fleming Rutledge like calls it lettuce sermons, like you know, like uh, the vegetable lettuce. Mm-hmm. Let us then, therefore, do this. Is uh, it, it's just it just becomes uh, a new law and a burden, and people, you know, end up getting stuck, you know, and they don't know what next to do next because there's so many things they're supposed to be doing. And and here's the thing: if you're if you're a um, so, I don't know. I don't want to confuse things too badly, but I mean, if you are a a carpenter and you are woman or man, and you're raising children, and you have a house to take care of, and you have uh, neighbors who maybe need help, 
and you have poor in the, the city that need work that needs to be done. Um, you've got your hands, you've got your plate pretty full. And then, you know, there's, you're going to just go to church on Sunday to be told one other thing to do hmm. besides, you know, raising your kids and making sure that the poor in your, your community are fed and, and, um, you know, participating in whatever it is that you can do to help bring the community to God. It's, it, it's a lot. And so, especially with these young, young families with, children and they have their book people have their book you know work that they're doing all of which you know ends up being given back to god in thanksgiving for the work of things of ministries like impact nation and so forth and so on to continue week in and week out to give them more to do just seems like you know you're you're <laughs> you know you're going to uh burn them out and that's what happens yeah, um, and that's what happens. The activity of it, God is important, and it's so easy to slip into this whole thing of uh, not so subtle uh, guilt and uh, a hierarchical structure of merit within the church. By you know, how fast can you keep running on the treadmill? I mean, I'm overstating it a little bit. And I, I to say it again, I feel like that the antidote is Christ. The antidote is just pressing more and more into Christ, revealed in the Scriptures, revealed by the Holy Spirit, because uh, I read somewhere that his burden is light, and um, so I agree with you completely. Kenneth, I should say, by the way, you could probably put that headset back on. I think we were having network issues, not microphone issues. So if you're having trouble hearing us, then that headset will probably be Yeah, I mean, it's fine. It would be easier for me to have the headphones on. That's why I wear them. Yeah, no, I think we were eliminating a a potential uh, issue, and I think it was a network problem that seems to be resolved. Uh, We're getting better audio now. I'm deaf in my left ear. Yeah, Uh, you're clear. Yeah, I'm deaf in my left ear. And my right ear um, has, um, you know, um, not not so great either. So, um, did I read that you have seven children? I do. Um, and were um, they noisy? Is that we, how you got deaf in your left ear? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're they're fairly. Uh, they, they can they can be fairly noisy still, um, as maybe you're hearing. But um, we have, um, as I told you guys before. Um, some guests coming over um, and uh, dinner. And so there's a lot of activity in the house, but there's, um, you know, we still have four of our seven living, uh, wow. you know, at, at home. Wow. So um, it's a lot of fun. That's and, awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. And we're very European in that sense. You know, I, <laughs> I, I've never understood this idea um, that Americans seem to have that, oh, we just can't wait to get the kids to 18 and then kick them out of the house and so forth and so on and be alone and, and all this kind of stuff. Um, it seems to me, you know, as long as people are, you know, um, yeah, well, whatever, we're not here to talk about raising children, but we have two, uh, two grandkids as well. And, Very uh, good. So wow. That's really a lot of fun. Well, one of my sons, one of Tim's brothers has got seven kids as well, and uh, and I've got fourteen grandchildren. So there you go. I love family. <laughs> it's a little um, bit. Of, it, it has 
it has something to do with the gray that you're seeing. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about prayer. We've, I, I love what you've given us a little bit of insight on, on preaching the word and how that doesn't put a burden on us. I wonder, we've talked in the last few weeks about, as we've been talking about the Sermon on the Mount, uh, dad was talking about how the Beatitudes have really informed his prayer life in recent years. Uh, obviously we've got, uh, Jesus giving us the prayer model of the Lord's Prayer. I'm interested to know how the Sermon on the Mount, perhaps the Beatitudes and the Lord's Prayer, has really informed your own prayer life. Well, you know, um, Jesus is teaching us um, in that conversation. This is, you know, the conversation that I have with God. This is the conversation we're eavesdropping it on when he gives us those words. The conversation that takes place within God, uh, between himself and obviously our Father. Hmm. Um, So he's inviting us into the relationship um, through prayer. Uh, And so, you know, it's not just about, um, you know, forgiveness is at the heart of it. Um, Gratitude for, you know, our daily bread is, is a part of it. This was Jesus' own experience as a human being, um, uh, is to pray to God in these ways. I mean, of course, you know, he doesn't have the experience of needing to ask forgiveness. But, you know, he he has all of our human uh, experience. And in his humanity, he's joining that conversation, you know, that he participates fully in and, and as the Son of God. Um, and I, you know, I uh, I think... That uh, again, prayer is something that is not just about like um, saying a meal grace, you know, before you eat. It's not just about praying the Our Father, which I think Christians should pray um, on a regular basis in our tradition. In many traditions, it's a daily prayer that comes up more than once. Um, but uh, that all of you pray. What does it mean to be pray, to pray without ceasing? Well, you know, a, a carpenter or a doctor who's taking care of you know children in a uh, hospital, uh, a, a father who's at home taking care of his kids or whatever, uh, a, a someone who's the janitor of the school or the church or whatever, has things to do in this world. You know, this is why we're not monastic. Some people can be monastics and some people can't. Um, and so what, what does it mean to, well, you can't be praying all the time. Well, yes, you can. I mean, I think in everything we do, if we are doing it as a participation in the life of God and contemplating God and what we do, um, life becomes prayer, you know, uh, just living life becomes prayer, you know, so, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I mean, it, it, this will sound rather un, in, impious of me, but I don't do, <clears throat> you know, I'm, I'm not off praying, you know, two, three hours a day. Um, you know, um, you know, I, I, there's there's people that I, I need to go help in Pontiac. There's, uh, you know, which is a town near us that has, you know, um, a lot of people who are struggling to exist. Um, 
there's prisons to visit. There are people in hospitals to go to see and so forth and so on. And that entire life, and it doesn't matter, I'm, I'm, I'm describing things that a pastor might do, but, you know, if your job is to take care of the lawns for people or whatever, you, you enter into this as a form of prayer. Gardening is a form of prayer. Um, taking care of the sick is a form of prayer. Um, you know, um, so and so forth. And um, so we do it with God in our heart, in our mind, and never, it's without ceasing keeping the vision of the human God in front of us. And, uh, and and recognize that doing these things is a participation in the things that God does as prayer. Hmm. Very good. So yes, we Excellent. also pray. You know? Oh, that's so yeah. helpful what you just said, I think, to so many folks. Absolutely. Because we've locked prayer into being defined by yeah. our, a quiet time. Have you had yeah. your quiet time? And yeah. how long is your quiet time? And I think that's what you've just said, uh, Father Kenneth, is, is again, I think, very freeing for people. Absolutely. Let's face it. Some people don't have time for quiet time. Especially if you've got seven I mean, kids. You know, <laughs> you know, I mean, just let's just be, let's understand how much of our Christianity is cultural, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, um, these texts of Scripture that we have, this is a marvel and a miracle. You know, to have it between, you know, two covers and that we can pick it up and read and whenever we, we want to. It's not the experience of the mass majority of Christians throughout the history of the world. Mm-hmm. And we have, you know, and, and we have shelves full of different translations. But they didn't even have one where all of the books were collected, and, or they didn't have the capacity to read. You know, mm-hmm. but most, most of them, you know, spent lives of dedication to our Lord, of, of toil in the world and suffering with Him, of trusting God and of being white martyrs and red martyrs and, and of, uh, you know, raising children or and, and so much in obscurity and not known and forgotten by the world, but, uh, you know, doing all of these things. Um, but they didn't think about like, Oh, I've got to have my quiet time. And, you know, I, I, you know, I got to, again, I, you know, this will sound like I'm, uh, you know, I'm saying, you know, that it doesn't matter about this. Of course it matters. I started out by saying these texts are vital to our life and, and, and meditating on them and doing the community and so forth and so on. But this burden thing that we have, that these are these cultural things that we we're raised to do, and so we have to do these things. A babushka in Russia doesn't even know what you're talking about, you know? I mean, she, you know, she's got her icons and, you know, she's, she's milking the cow and, and 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 uh, feeding the chickens and so forth and so on and crossing herself, you know, as she does it, and then she wanders down to the cathedral, you know, on on Sunday and receives the bread, the body and bread of Christ, and hears the. This is a Christian woman, you know, and 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 so and, and you could describe that. You guys were talking about global Christianity, but you can go back and look at the lives of the saints through history. And it's not, it doesn't all, it doesn't look like American Christianity always. There's nothing wrong with the American cultural expression of it um, in ways that people do this. I'm not mocking that or making fun of that. Beautiful. If that's your tradition and how you're doing it. But it's, there's not just one way to do this. And so anyway. That's very good. I think we need to be reminded of that. It's, it's very, 
easy to kind of get that very narrow worldview um, of your experience is the experience. Um, the, these burdens yeah. that we place on one another on ourselves uh, can very often actually lead to this anxiety. You know, you talked about there's people who don't have time for quiet time. They've, they've got – they're balancing three jobs and a bunch of kids, single moms, things like that. Um, one of the things that Jesus talks about in the Sermon on the Mount is – is worry and not and being anxious for nothing. Uh, he he says, of course, in, uh, in Matthew six thirty three, that he'll take care of all these things if we seek the kingdom first. Um, but anxiety, if it's not on the rise, certainly talk of anxiety is on the rise uh, in these days. You're a pastor; that's that's one of your gigs. In addition to being a theologian and writer, as you're pastoring people. How do you how do you pastor people through worry and anxiety? I talk about myself. Hmm. Um, the uh, when I was in my early thirties, as I began to be a minister, um, I was it, it, something about whatever my calling. I was you know thrust immediately from my ordination into really 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 hard things like a, I, you know, I crossed the street and, and a young man had just, who was out with his fiance stabbed by a gang. And, you know, I'm rushing to the hospital with them. His bloods on all of us were in the ER where, you know, um, I, this young man laid his motorcycle down on the, on the Ortega highway, um, heading out to Riverside. I was there with his family. Um, you know, thrust into a lot of trauma. And um, within a few years of experiencing, you know, one thing after another in my work, I began to develop a fast heart rate and, um, you know, anxieties and so, sort of thing. And ended up in the hospital with it. And, uh, you know, I couldn't get fly on airplanes. You know, there's just things were just like, I would get nervous about all sorts of things. And I had this internist who was a Croatian um, Roman Catholic, an older man. He has to be, he has to be asleep in Christ by now and, uh, you know, enjoying, enjoying the vision, uh, you know, that, that we all get to enjoy soon. Um, and, uh, but, but he was sitting across from me, you know, I went to his office after I'd gotten out of the hospital and, you know, we were trying to figure out like, how are we going to, you know, how he's going to be less anxious and what medicines and all this kind of stuff. And uh, he sat down across from me. It was the first time I ever met him. And, uh, you know, as a priest, I wear my collar everywhere, you know. And um, so he's, he's sitting there, and he just sat there in front of me, just, like, doing his hands like this, you know, for, like, a couple of minutes without saying anything, hmm. you know. This gets a little un- unnerving. But then he finally said to me, um, why are you so anxious? Father Kenneth, don't you realize that you work for God, you know, and that you know there there should be no anxiety in working for Christ and being Christ in the world, you know. Um, and so he said, I wondered. He said, you contemplate, you know, much. And I said, because he didn't say, do you pray much? He said, you contemplate much. And I said, no, I don't. He says, what, what are you doing being 
you know, a minister, if you're not spending, you know, time in contemplation, you know, and he said, you need to, he said, do you read the Psalm? And, um, well, yeah. But he said, well, you need to do this. Contemplate the majesty of Jesus Christ as a regular part of your existence is that you are spending time contemplating Jesus. And he said, you, you can do this while you're washing the dishes. You can do this while you're, you know, um, you know, building this thing or whatever, or you're writing a sermon or whatever, you can contemplate Jesus. And um, I'll tell you what, I, you know, I, it's, I mean, I still get panic attacks and these sorts of things from time to time. I struggle with anxiety. Uh, we, first of all, here's the thing. Having fears or anxieties or uh, these things are, I mean, it's what it means to be human. I mean, it's not, this is the other thing we, 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 we make all of this sin, right? You know, it's, uh, these kinds of emotions and feelings are, are sinful. You know, uh, not necessarily. They can be, but they aren't always. I mean, Christ is anxious in the garden and so forth and so on, hmm. contemplating Golgotha um, and so forth. Um, you know, it, it, certain apprehension is probably a good thing, right? But, you know, it's so where are we going with this? I, my point is, is is first of all not to not to you know make it into sin every time and necessarily sin. It's just what it means to be That's human, stupid. to be in yeah. situations to become anxious. Um, but but when we put our the the center of our internal self before the vision of the human God, this one who was human like us and was tempted in every way as we are without sin, who shows us what it means to be God at the same time that he shows us what it means to be human, always. Um, the humanity and the divine things that he does, the divine aspects of the things that he does as a human, so forth and so on, as that begins to take a larger and larger over time, doesn't happen you know, in a day, it didn't happen in a week. But over time, it begins to free us of this anxiety. This is my testimony. Contemplate the human God, the person of Jesus Christ. Um, and uh, the worry and the anxiety lessens over time. And um, I think... Um, I, I mean, this has certainly been the case for me, you know, 30 years later, um, you know, this experience has um, changed um, much more of a, a peaceful internal position, hmm. um, even in the face often still of great traumas. I... Um Sometimes I, when I'm teaching, I will tell folks about my own great need for a contemplative life. And the older I get, um, the more time I need uh, in quiet with Jesus. And I, I've said, sometimes I'll have who knows how long and I couldn't even tell you anything in particular that I prayed. But the 
the experiential intimacy, the, uh, as, as you know, you know, Psalm 4610 yesterday, again, be still and know that I am God. Um, the Jesus prayer, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. All of these things to focus me in contemplation uh, have become increasingly a bedrock and and an influence. You know, I'm on a journey, and for all of us, it's an imperfect journey. But but that has been uh, not just an element from the last few years, but for about 40 years and it's grown and it's ebbed and flowed, but in the last 10 years, especially. So all I'm saying is father Kenneth, I agree with you uh, completely just contemplating Christ. The beauty of the Lord is, uh, at least for me is, is the foundation. And with, without that foundation, everything else starts to get anxious and, Mm -hmm. uh, and shaky. Is that where we can find Absolutely. our identity in Christ in that in that moment those moments of contemplation where we're ref, we're also where as we behold him we're also beginning to understand who we are in Christ because uh, I think that's that's part of the, the the nature of anxiety and worry, right? Is where we begin to uh, almost begin to believe the lies that the world would tell us, that others would tell us, that the enemy is telling us about ourselves, rather than entering into the truth of the Imago Dei. Yeah, absolutely. In Christ, there's neither male nor female, neither slave nor free, neither Jew nor Greek. Um, this 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 obsession that we have with you know, the personal subject as our identity, right? Instead of the human God is is who we draw our identity from. And to and, and we were just reading Anissa like an hour ago in, in his sermon on the Song of Songs, talking about how not only are we made aware of the true nature of God and of our identity by what Jesus does on the cross, right? But the principalities and powers and the angelic forces and all of heaven also find the fullness of the revelation of who God is in him. Hmm. You know, and particularly what happens on the cross. It's not just unveiled for us who God is, but for all the heavenly powers and all the angelic forces see in the weakness of God in human flesh on the cross, their identity, and we see our identity. And it's, um, of course, we as the collective body of Christ are also with him on the tree. And so we, as we continue to abide in him and, and, and live in him and live this way, we are also together collectively, not as individuals, but collectively as the body of Christ, informing the powers of the true nature of reality. Hmm. Um, so just, I mean, just like, like get to that place and let God do it, you know? Um, and so, yeah. Yeah. Let God do it. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> uh, 
this has been very rich. I'm aware that you've got a very busy evening ahead of you, so uh, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna let you get on your way. But thank you so much for being with us today. This has been a, a really rich time. Uh, I've got a lot to take away and go contemplate. <laughs> I'm I'm glad I'm glad we could do it. Uh, it's really nice to meet the father and son uh, team. My father, my stepfather, and I. My father was killed in Vietnam when I was five, mm. but my stepfather and I really were very partnered in the work of Christ uh, for several decades. And wow. it was a blessing uh, to me. He's also now um, you know, asleep in Christ and, uh, you know, um, with God. So, um, but uh, uh, anyway, yeah, it's fun to always, it's fun to see father and son teams. Um, well, we're delighted. Yeah. You know, I've, I've uh, seen you on the open table stuff and uh, as I said, Brad is, is is a dear, dear friend. Fantastic. Not only to me, but to Tim and to this mm -hmm. ministry. And so we were excited yeah. when you said yes, because we like to make we like to make relational connections. Yeah. And this was terrific. Thank yeah. you. Um, yeah. And his new book that you know, more Christ-like God. Oh, yeah. man, ah. I'm I'm glad you brought that up. We actually have an exciting announcement about that in just a sec. So once we let you go, we'll cool. we'll let our listeners go. But uh, it, just before you go, uh, Father Kenneth, is there yeah. anything that you want to leave our folks in terms of where they can find you? What's the, have you got any upcoming events or or how can people follow along to to see what you're up to these days? We John Bear and I and Brad and Paul Young and Cherith Nordling and John McMurray are going to be teaching a class in Revelation uh, beginning in September that goes to March. People can go to the opentableconference.com and find out about that class and join us if they want to. And um, next July, we're having a conference with all of us in person in Portland, Oregon. And if people want to follow, you know, what I'm writing, you know, Ken Tanner, altogether lowercase on Instagram, or you know, um, look for me on Medium, or just Google my name. More writing than anyone wants to read and probably <laughs> should read is is out there. So blessings. Awesome. Well, Thank we you. will we'll share the link to the open table stuff uh, and some of your social media as well, so people can find you. But uh, that sounds like high powered stuff. Thanks so again. Thank you so much for being with Thanks us. Thanks again, Steve and Tim. Many blessings on all God that you're you. doing. God's peace. Hopefully, we'll see you again soon. Thank you. Yeah. Huh. Well, that was awesome. Uh, as rich as I knew it would <laughs> yeah. be. Yeah. I'm glad the audio worked itself out uh, as we got started there. Uh, all right. Special announcement. I mentioned this. Uh, we are very excited to say that um, our friend Brad is going to be with us on uh, all of our usual channels. So, on the audio podcast, certainly, but also on Facebook Live, YouTube Live. Uh, he is coming. Uh, on August 10th, and Isaiah is going to throw up a slide in just a second here, I think, with the details, which will help me remember them. Here we go. So we're calling this Inspiration, <laughs> Infallibility, Inerrancy. What the heck? <laughs> uh, Brad Jerzak's coming to share with us some of the insights out of his new book, which is a more Christ-like word. Uh, Dad, you had asked him specifically if he could come and talk about the, the doctrine of inerrancy and just address that a little bit. Yeah, I did. And um, I got a... A, a bit of an advanced copy on a more Christ-like word. I've been reading it this week for the second time. I I, I got a pre-edition about four months ago, and I've been telling 
certainly all the people that I'm closely connected with, please get this book. I think it's uh, I think it's quite brilliant. It's very freeing, and uh, it opens up the scriptures in in lots of wonderful new ways. So yeah, please uh, uh, have, come join us. And if they're on uh, if they're on the Facebook and the YouTube, they're able to ask questions or input. Absolutely, yeah. We've uh, we've always got the the comment section yep. up here on the big screen in front. So they're of us, not so. just passive watchers or listeners. No, able yeah. To come be, uh, come ready with, with questions. questions. Yeah, get, get, let's get some good gotcha questions. For, yeah, let's for get them on the let's tough get ones. Him. Yeah, you know, really <laughs> ask him about the dashing the babies and things like that. Uh, uh, <laughs> if you want, <laughs> if you want. <laughs> um, <laughs> can wow, I tell why him, did you say that? I don't that? know, but can can I tell him about what happened in your living room the other day with his book? <laughs> oh yeah, this was that very was funny. funny. All right, so we're his uh, dad's a a dead tree book reader. I'm a digital book reader, but uh, he got an advanced copy of Brad's new book, A More Christlike Word, uh, and it was sitting on the table or something like that. It was yeah. at your house the other day, and I picked it up, and I'm just flipping through it. I I was I'm not privileged, so I didn't get an advanced copy. I had to wait for my ebook to download a couple of days later. But as I'm flipping through. <laughs> You, I don't know why you said it, but you're like, are you looking for your name in there? You won't find it. <laughs> and I'm telling you, not 15 seconds later, I flipped the page, and there's my name. <laughs> yeah. And I said, Brad, why did he get like four pages? <laughs> I got bubkis. So, so that was very funny. There, yeah, there was a whole email exchange. One of the cool things about Brad is that you can just email him with your questions about the Bible, and he just emails you back and stuff. And so I had done that, and he somehow... <laughs> put it in his book so anyway that amused me um so come join us august 10th 11 a.m mountain time uh and uh come with your questions ready to engage with brad and he will answer them with grace and with clarity as he always does uh i yep. man i just love that guy so. me too <laughs> and next week we're back to the study of matthew's Start gospel with matthew we're gonna be doing eight. chapter eight which yeah. is there's a huge shift from seven to eight from the end of the sermon yeah and uh there are things it's one of the most well-known uh chapters right it's a healing chapter sure. you know you you got your leper you got your centurion you got your <laughs> and yet there's an incredible depth. Mm. Matthew is weaving something very carefully and taking us on a journey. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to sharing that next Me week. Too. Looking forward to that. So be with us. We are here every Thursday on YouTube Live, on Facebook Live. Uh, if you can't join us live, uh, check it out. Uh, Impact Nation. YouTube.com slash Impact Nations is a great way to go if you want to catch the video later because it's all cataloged nice and organized there. Uh, or uh, if you like having it just delivered, the audio delivered to your device right away, then just head to impactnations.com slash podcast hit the subscribe button there and you will start getting the audio delivered to your your mobile telephone device uh, every week i think they go live usually on friday morning uh typically is when they're available so um that way you never miss anything uh and great. i sure have been enjoying this matthew stuff uh, great so. awesome Thanks well for thank being you with us. so much for being with us uh, today guys have a wonderful week god bless you